0: So, Johnny, lovely to talk to you now then. Take us back to the early days. Where did the
1: entertainment start? In the family? The entertainment, I was brought up in show business, Mal. My dad was a musician, a piano player and a singer. My mother was a dancer and they met on tour during the end of the war. Uh, They were both Welsh, but I think they got married somewhere like uh, Solvary Plain or somewhere. Um, And my mother was given away by the then star of the show, a fellow called Claude Hulbert, who was quite big in the 40s and 50s, big star he was. They were on Ensa. Ah, anyway then I was the result then because the war with the bombs were still dropping my grandfather had a pub in Penrhaebay the valleys and uh, my mother went back there then to have me because she didn't want you know being Cardiff they were getting bombed and everything um so that's how I got b- born in Penrhaebay but I left there when I was 3 months so I don't know much about it <laughs> And then and then I travelled about the country with him then until I was about eight because they were both in the business, my mother and father. So, you know, it'd be summer season in, like we'll say, Weymouth and there would be, um, you know, Glasgow for pantomime. And eventually he gave it up and took a pub in my stake. So my formative years were my stake. Valley's boy, see?
0: Do you remember those, um, you know, those exciting times, uh, you know, as a kid
1: going around the various theatres? Yeah. It, do, you, do you remember all that? Well, what I remember, I was only three. I can remember things when I was three years old. I, I was in the dressing room. I was being a bit of a naughty boy. Yeah. And I think my father had gone side of stage and he got the microphone, see, or the tannoy system. He said, John, are you behaving yourself? And it frightened the life out of me. I didn't know who it was. And then he caught then he caught me playing with one of the acts, one of the speciality acts. It was a vibraphone play, and i played on the vibraphone. And I had a right row for that. You don't play with people's props, he said. You know, because it was the etiquette of the stage. It wasn't touching anybody's stuff, you know. Yeah. And I can remember the chorus girls with their tap shoes going towards the stairs. I can hear the tip-tap of their shoes. And it really, I could. it was so vibrant. And the, the kids used to show me little bits, you know, the dancers. Yeah. They used to show me little bits when I was little. So it was really in my blood, you know. Yeah. Oh, do you remember getting your first pair of tap shoes? Yeah. I, um, I, I didn't actually start dancing until I was about 13 or 14. Because when the old man gave it up and took a pub, I was living a different life. I was in my state, got, sliding down a mountain on a bit of cardboard, you know, picking whimbledies and riding horses. You know, it was great. I loved it. Um, so my, old, my mother's old dance teacher came to the pub one night. And um, i just seen Roy Castle on the television dance. I said, oh, I want to dance like that, Roy Castle, I said. So she said, well, come down to the studio. I'll teach you, she said. So I went down to Cardiff, and I, I borrowed a pair of the girls' tap shoes, pink ones with bows on the front. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't embarrassed at all. Because <laughs> it was only me and two blokes, the rest were all girls. Right. And they were all changing in front of me. I, I thought, this is good. I like this. <laughs> So, I um, th- that's how I started. So my first pair of tap shoes I was about fourteen, I expect, yeah. yeah. And then I, I I did the dancing school a bit until I was ooh, blinking heck. I went to work in a shop as as a shop assistant in John Collier's, right. and I'd go to my dance lessons at night, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I didn't actually do any gigs because I wouldn't sing. See, my old man said, "If you don't sing, you'll be out of work by the time you're 30. 30. He said, "Because dancers got a short life." So I said, "Well, I've never tried that." He said, "Well, you're going to have to try." So. <laughs> he got me singing a few songs and then i went into a, a concert party You remember the old concert parties at the clubs so how, uh, there was like be, a, yeah
0: how many acts would be on a concert party in those days and
1: what sort of acts would they be well it'd be a mixture you'd have a tenor you know singing things like uh, walk with god and all that and then you'd have a, a soprano singing the chocolate soldier <laughs> <laughs> and then um, there'd be a, a speciality act. We had one bloke called "Die Dush. He was a character. Dai Dush, they called him that because he used to work on the knockers, collecting money for insurance. But he was a big friend of Richard Burton's. Uh-huh. And uh, Richard Burton worked with him when he, before he was famous. And, and every time he'd come to Britain, he'd invite Dai Dush up to the Savoy and they'd have sausages and mash. I mean, he was, anyhow, that's beside the point. So Dai Dush was a mime act. He used to put records on and mime to things like Cocktails for Two and One, and he was very, very funny. But as the years went on, his records got a bit scratched, see? Right. So somebody said, you've got to get with the new technology, he said. You've got to to get a tape recorder. So he taped the records, so there were scratches (laughs) and all. Right, so you've Uh, got a speciality act, you've got a a, a tenor, you've got a soprano. Um, What about the and well, my old man was on piano as well, and then I was doing my singing and dancing, of course. Mm-hmm. So we'd all do our little items, and then we'd do a couple of songs together, you know, and we'd finish up with a bit of a medley of songs, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and then we there were lots of these concert parties about. There was one called the Ronda the Revelers. Right. Um, I can't remember all the names. There were loads of them. Everybody had one of these. What were you called? Um, to- I think we were called the Debonairs. <gasps> the Debonairs. And the blo- and. Uh, yeah, and the guy who ran it was a very called Jack and, and Gwyn, and they used to play guitar and sing, you know, they would, and um, they were a pair of characters. I mean, Jack was a bit of a grey Lothar, who had a little pencil moustache, you know, right. and he was very dapper. And uh, I think he fancied the, the, the soprano. <laughs> If you, you go backstage, you you find him a bit, uh, you know, up to no good with a soprano. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd all go off in the same car, you know. We'd all be dressed up for the show, all in dicky bows and dress suits. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you think about it, middle of the summer, perhaps, you know, you are to to dress and dig in a car, the four of us in a, in a Ford Poplar, you know what I mean? So <laughs> what, about,
0: what about gear when you got there? Because these days, you know, when I used to do the clubs, we used to go in a massive van, we'd have PA systems, you
1: know, drop oh, and everything. F- what did you take, with it, you, or did you have gear in the in the club itself? Well, that was this is before the good stuff. I mean, we used to take potluck on the gear that was in the club. I mean, and usually it was awful, you know. I mean, it was just some little old tannoy system they used for the bingos. It was up to you. Uh, but I, I suppose people weren't used to the big sounds then, so you got away with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, no, it wasn't very easy singing in those days. But we didn't take any notes because it's all we knew. Yeah. Isn't and I, I, mean? I thought you know, because we, when we started doing this on the, on the radio, uh, Brian yeah.
0: from the Rydvellyn non poll Club, he remembers yeah, you yeah. going there with your dad
1: and, yeah. and, and you doing a Frankie Vaughan impression. Now, how old were you when you were doing that? Well, I was about 18, I suppose. I mean, I looked like Frankie Vaughan, see? I looked like a young Frankie Vaughan. Um, so I used to do Gimme the Moonlight, and used to, the, the old women used to love it, because he was a big star in their, in their days, in the 50s. So i do Gimme the Moonlight and, and Tower of Strength and all this stuff, and they loved all that. So I was the young Frankie. But it was, the funny thing is I met him years later. He was a great man. You know, he's a really lovely bloke, was Frank. I mean, he was my idol, of course, and then I never thought I'd ever meet him, but I met him a couple of times.
0: Uh, And 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 later on, you took that act, and you you toured it around theatre and everything. But you know, I'm going back to those early days. You you learned Mm -hmm. your craft, didn't you? You know, I sometimes feel sorry for some of the X Factor and you know the talent kids. You don't yeah. get a chance, you know. You, you don't touch. You don't judge people's props. You know. You wait your turn. You you, you behave properly behind stage, unless you the the, the the tenor going for the soprano. Obviously, that's you know. But that yeah. <laughs> you know, nothing ever changes on that that front. But you you learned your craft, didn't you? You learned your stagecraft. If you didn't have a microphone, yeah. how do you grab an audience? You know, if it's
1: a big hall without the gear, you've got to work really hard to make sure you keep an audience. Well, that's right. And the thing is, uh, the club training was fantastic because you had some good audiences, but you also had some hard audiences. So you, you learned how to h- control a crowd, really. Mm. Um, but, like, the etiquette we learned in this, on the stage, my my parents were theatre people, of course. Yeah. So, like, when you did your band call, for instance, you'd go in, and whoever put their books down first, re- irrespective of who you were, you got your band call first. Even if the star was Tom Jones, you'd still go first because you put your books down first. So little things like that, like of the etiquette. And my mother would say, never go on the stage without polishing your (laughs) shoes. Shoes of a stickler for all that. Yeah, yeah. And and then we had all all those, um, uh, you know, very superstitious, the the showbiz fraternity. And we just have a lot of superstitions. Did you ever come across those, Mal? Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think, you know, obviously, you you know, you break a leg, don't you? You don't wish anybody luck when they go on the stage. Do you know where break a leg
1: comes from? No. Everybody thinks it's a leg on your body. Of course. It's not, a, it's not at all. You know the legs are on the side of the stage, they call the little curtains that come down yes. on the sides. They, they call legs, OK? Right. And apparently it comes from, from what I'm told, that I, I don't know if it's theatre in, in London, but the audience clapped so much, one of these legs fell off. And that's where it comes from. People <laughs> think it's your legs, not your leg at all. Do you know where winging it comes from? No, I don't. Because
0: I mean, there's so much of my life has been winging it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, it, is it being on an aeroplane? Do you think? Do you think it's an aeroplane? It's not an aeroplane. No, w-
1: winging it. Winging no, it. Winging it. Don't know. Don't know where it's it comes from. from. The,
0: it's from the old days of repertory, theatre. Oh, you know, right. You had, to, you had to learn three or four plays all at the same time. Well, you couldn't. Yeah. No matter how good your memory is. So you used to do your part, you know. It, yeah. Then you'd, yeah. Walk, you'd walk off. Then you'd run to the wings
1: to get your next bit of
0: script. Wow. I'm coming on over there. Right, I've got over there. Right, 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 right. Next bit of line. And then you'd, you'd wing it. So there you go.
1: I love all these things. It's like the green room. You know where that comes from? No idea well you know what's the what's the, uh, the the theater they built in london the old the old uh, theater in, the, in the, oh uh, it, they rebuilt it it, it uh, where well, they used to the Shakespeare in london oh, what's it called they, they're, they're not the rose or what it's called i know, the globe the globe the globe yeah the globe. well where they paid the money to go in hmm. right the box office that was like that's another thing there was a the little box you put your money and your penny in hmm. and the green was the, was the was the was the field outside that's where you went <laughs> I played some clubs like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love all these stories. They're great.
0: Yeah, some of those facilities then. I mean, let's let's go back to the really early days. So you, you, you yeah. Sometimes have a drummer and, a, and an organist. That's oh. been pretty staple in, in
1: most clubs in, in, the, in yeah. the valleys, at least. Yeah, I was lucky because my father could read music. But if he couldn't, come, you were in trouble because half of them couldn't read the echo. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to one club he said oh I can't read this music I said what do you mean? well it's our handwritten stuff I only read the one with the pictures on the front I said what <laughs> you he followed the words see <laughs> the kid." <buskets. laughs> and the drummers I mean there was one blog he was playing the wall at one point he like it in the wall you'd have some right characters and then you'd get lucky and you'd go where there'd be some good good musicians you know but generally it wasn't easy work I mean, and we had fun. Uh, you know,
0: we had a we had a dear friend in in common, Chris Needs. You know, and Chris made his yeah. for years was just in various clubs going around, And obviously, he could read and he could he could do the whole yeah. thing. So as you say,
1: sometimes you got lucky, sometimes, sometimes Well, I first met Chris Needs in in um, Taibach um, Workmans. Workman's Club. Yes, he was the he was the organist there. <laughs> And yeah, that's right. That's uh, so for first time uh, I Chris. I was at the rugby yeah. club uh, with
0: with the band, and it was it was a very exciting gig, and very and they were yeah. very very spontaneous. Yeah. And um, I noticed that they, you know because w- when you did a club, they had lots of tables going in, in, in lines, didn't they? You know. Down, yeah, yeah, on the yeah. Stage. So, so I thought yeah. it would be a really good idea to um, step off the stage with my electric guitar as I'm doing a solo and walk down the middle because I had done a very long lead. I might have even had a radio mic at that stage for the guitar. I thought it'd be really good to walk down through the menu doing all the stuff, you know. But what I didn't realise was instead of the tables having legs, four legs on each corner, it had one leg right in the middle. Oh, (laughs) God. (laughs) So I stepped <laughs> off I got three tables along and up for this. And that was the end of that. <laughs> the, boys, oh. the boys were very sympathetic. Uh, they, You know, they couldn't stop laughing, the boys in the back. Yeah. They, they thought it was very funny. But uh, I don't think they've forgotten it. This is a tie-back rugby club, so tie has, has played a lot in both of our minds. What about it, some of the... Um, no, in those early days, because the people who controlled the clubs, the club secretary, yeah. and yeah, yeah, you know, well, we paid off Tom Jones. I mean, every club I ever played had paid off that, Tom Jones. I think that's, that's right. That's yeah, par for
1: the course. Well, the, isn't it? the green, the green flying bed was that's the one where they they said they paid him <laughs> off. I went, we paid Tom off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went the one in Swansea. What was the one in Swansea? It was a hard club it was? Clace. Clays. Oh, right. Uh, th- it was like singing in a furniture shop. There was carpet everywhere. There was no acoustics. It was awful. <laughs> the sound was awful. Uh, yeah. And we, we paid off uh, normal wisdom I said, you should be ashamed of yourself. you a genius, isn't it? <laughs> First time I played a place called the T-Now with Labour Club. Oh, I done that one. I did it right at the top oh. of the
0: valley. Yeah, I walked in. I'm gonna have to find some. I'm gonna have to bleep one of the words out here. Okay, so because well, you know my church background, but uh, it it left a lasting impression on me. I walked in and I'd never met the club secretary before. And I walked onto the stage and he turned around and he said, uh, "See that toilet over there?" I <laughs> went, oh, yeah. "Yeah." He said, "Well, Tom Jones." In there, ah. <laughs> so then, and I never quite got over it, to be honest. But anyway, it was a it was a it was a good night at the now with Labour Club, and they uh, always had a warm welcome. But those club sex i mean, there were lots of there were lots of real characters, weren't there?
1: Oh, I tell you, well, the concert second that at the with was a fellow called Emrys. Do you remember Emrys? Emrys, Emrys. he was gay. He was Emrys, and there was a lot of gay people in the club. You wouldn't think of it in the middle of the round but they were. And he he used to sing with a falsetto voice, and he said they call me the Maid of the mountains <laughs> and, his, and his mate on the organ he, he had you um, know <laughs> not only too kind but he had a, a toupee that didn't fit very well and he was gay as well i said where's the where's the musician he said madam will grace you with a presence in a minute <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: they, they were very
0: accepting places weren't they oh uh, you, yeah you, you know I, re- I remember taking um some friends from from wimbledon Uh, I think it might have been to the Glyn Corrug Workman's Hall uh, for a Uh, special post Christmas do. They they were staying with us at the time, so they came up. And uh, they were sat on the long tables.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, (laughs) they turned to the guy and said, "Uh, Drug squad, are you? (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm. And with, with Mal and the band, you know. <laughs> I mean, they weren't they were They were drug <laughs> squad. They were, they were just trying to make conversation. <laughs>
1: oh. then, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're talking about the club sex. I was in a, in a club. I think it was in my SIG, And um, there, there was this guy who was the concert singer. He's a funny looking bloke. And I'm halfway through my act, and he comes up on the stage and he grabs the mic off me. He says, "Have a whiff, boy," <laughs> in the middle of a song, right. So he takes this mic and he starts doing announcements. He said, people have been stealing the toilet rolls out of the toilets, boys. I'm not having it. And he said, "Die or whatever his name was, is his funeral next week. If you want to go, put your name on the wall. Okay, he said, and I going to be the mic back. Carry on so I came off I was filming now, and I said to the comic I said that bloke I said he was up there did you see what he did to me he said that's nothing he said he had a jumble sale when I was up
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, no. then my, my background was Gospel Hall you know so go, going to the clubs later on in life was, was quite eye open I must have been I was, uh, I was mid to late 30s and it was great because I, I got a chance to experience all of that just before that culture sort of disappeared I mean it, it, yeah, it, yeah. it's it's not really there anymore is it? But I remember um, the Merthyr Labour Club must be the <sighs> Labour Club, and um, yeah, you know. It, 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 so in, in my gospel background, you know, you'd welcome, you know, uh, our brother in Christ, you know, and he'd come on and he'd he'd do the sermon. Yeah. But it was very similar in the clubs. So you would like to, I'd love to welcome our brother in show business. <laughs> <So it> was, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then instead of having a prayer, you know, that, that everything dropped silently for prayer in a chapel or a gospel hall, it was right. it was for the bingo. More oh, the it, bingo. The bingo
1: was absolute silence. Bingo was top of the bill. <laughs> <laughs> they they'd talk all through your act for the bingo a sacrosanct. you're making a... <laughs> oh, oh god good.
0: yeah 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 um, so we've done the club secretaries the music, some of the musicians what about the the, the speciality acts that that you maybe bumped into a, along the way we you no, know, i, I we often had a what was it a comic you know a staple isn't it yeah yeah because that's an e that's an easy thing to do in a club i suppose you just you turn up, you've got a microphone, you don't need too much equipment. Um,
1: yeah, but I tell you what, there was no blue gags in those days. They wouldn't they wouldn't swear an effing blind like they do now. Yeah. I mean, there was a bit of respect in a way, but they were funny men. Yeah. There was one bloke I worked with called, um, what was his name now? Evan John, and he was about four foot two. Right. And he was a very funny little comic, and at the end of his act, he'd finish it by playing a mouth organ with his nose. <laughs> <laughs> I, will now, I will now give you a nose solo, he said. And he you get the mic and you go, you he get the. And he'd he go, all oh, over here, the moon is beaming <laughs> with the microphone to his nose. And then there was another comic then um, called Phil Holmes, I think it was. And he was he was very very left wing, was Phil, right? right? So we're going to do a conservative club one day. So Jack, the leader of the concert party, said, we can't take Philly's head. He said, he, said he, he does all jokes about against a uh, church. <laughs> So he said, we we do So he, he told him a lie, he said it had been cancelled. Right. So we're going out to the club, and he put some of the comic, I think, and we pull into a, into a station for a guess, of petrol, and we're there, in dresses, so they were very conspicuous, right? And all of a sudden, he sees Phil. He said, Oh, look out, there's Phil. He said, If he sees us, we're in trouble. Quick, put these on, he said. And he pressed a button, and all his sunglasses <laughs> fell out of the glove compartment. <laughs> His mothers, his wife, his daughters, and we stuck them on. Because when somebody says so, you do it, put all these stupid glasses on and drove out to this place. We <laughs> must have looked
0: ridiculous. <laughs> it's like the oh. blues brothers art tour. <laughs> what about magicians? Did you have any magicians on your tours?
1: Um, we did have one. What was his name? Um, Chalky White. No one Chalky White. He used to play the musical Saw. <laughs> <laughs> There was this one block. I think he's called Whit Monday. I think he was called Whit Monday. Right. And he used to do a thing where he get somebody to give him a nice handkerchief or something or out of his out of the audience. Yeah. And he set a light to it. See. <laughs> so he's, he's supposed to like make magic. impact fact, normal. And this bloke came with a lovely sink at silk silk anki oh. and he burnt all in it. And he said, "I'm sorry, it went wrong." He said, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, some of the things. And then we went once with this bloke called Cyril. He, he had a puppet act. He had two crows. He used to do like, and he used to sing like Bing Crosby and uh, and Al Jolson. Right. crows, you know. Right. And uh, he had a little three-wheeler car, one of those Robin Reliant things a Del Boy got, you know. Yes. And he's coming to the show, one of the one of the wheels fell off, and he's coming down the road on two wheels. <laughs> when I think about it, some of the stuff. Yeah. And, and you go in all all weather, snow and ice, and you drive miles, you know. Merthyr, you were saying about Merthyr. Yeah. I did the Merthyr Gurness Club. Now, it's renowned for being not the easiest club to work, Gurness. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a comic on him, he called Johnny Stewart. And he, he got on the stage and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, he said, I've been sent here, I didn't come of my own free will, and you don't frighten me. That's how he started his act. <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh no. did, did they ever throw anything at you? No, I never got anything thrown at me. Yeah. I, got, I got mobbed on the stage once. Really? Some girls in the hen party decided to jump on the stage. Yeah. I was doing, I was doing my Tom Jones impression, right in my hips. And these girls had had a few drinks, they were in the hen party with all the gear on, and they jumped on the stage. Yeah. Now, it sounds like it's wonderful. To, it's quite frightening when you've got about 12 girls on top of you tearing dead, dead your shirt. I said, hang on, it's a new shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but I must my
0: claim to fame. We used to do this thing called the um, the, the young farmers village at uh, at Bilt Wells during um, you know right. um, the, the Welsh what's it called um, you know Bilt Wells Week.
1: And, oh, the um, oh, the, yeah, the, the Royal Welsh.
0: The, the the Welsh show. Yeah. And I remember turning up and uh saying sort of, you know, a good crowd. They said, Oh great crowd, great crowd. Obviously last night's band got bottled off. Bottled <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> off it was like it was like Sodom and Gomorrah in wellies. because they cause they all all these young farmers' clubs they you know they didn't meet human beings they spent, so they come together for a week. Well, some of the stuff <laughs> I saw, but it was a massive it was a massive tent, yeah. And uh, and they were climbing up the poles and come on down and it was, just, oh, it was anyway. Got we got invited back three years on the trot, so
1: we must have been okay. Um, I only, I, only did a gig, I did a gig. in a barn once in Cowbridge. Right. I don't know what that was about. It was a band dance, I think. They booked me, so it was just me and the old man on piano. You know, I went. I got to tell you, I went to, down West Wales once to do a club, and I get there, and it's only me and my father. This is when I, I left the concert party, now I'm solo now, right, big time. And we go down there, and say, I said, "Where's the piano?" Oh, we haven't gone. We got this. He said, "It was a euphonium." <laughs> I said, yeah, "I can't do my." <laughs> But we did it somehow. I don't
0: know the how we did it. Oh God! Uh, well, I, I, and I suppose that's where all the experience comes through, even if it's just yeah. a, a euphonium. You can still do the show. How all right. It? Well, look, we, we've um, we've 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 started our first podcast. Um, right. uh, some of the stories uh, I, so I suppose if anybody's listening now wants to ask any questions um, if they drop us an email or, or a comment on the video below or send us a message on Facebook Or, or to our Twitter accounts or anything things like that it's Tudor Johnny on Twitter isn't it Tudor, at Tudor Johnny yeah and that yeah. mal Pope on most of them Instagram and all those as well if you've got any questions but we're uh, we, we might return to the, uh, the, the well the whole thing about uh, working in the clubs but obviously there's a long way to go from the Reed Vellin North Pole Club to the London Club, <laughs> and we will cover all those stories along the way. But can I just say thanks very much for joining us for our first podcast? So it's a goodbye from him, and it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Cheerio! Bye bye. Ta
1: da! Ta da!